Welcome to Community Conversations. My name is David. I'm joined here by my good friend, Adrian Casada. Adrian, how are we doing today? We're doing incredible. Thank you so much for having me. You got your coffee. You're you're ready to go. I got my uh, Moroccan mint green tea. It it smells amazing. What are you What are you drinking? So I'm drinking a red eye. So that's basically a shot of espresso in a tall coffee, and I use medium roast, a dash of cinnamon, and half and half. That's all I do. It's very simple, but it gets the job done, and it tastes great. But I'm actually slightly jealous of your tea because it smells amazing. It smells good. It tastes good, no caffeine, so I can have it later in the day and Very not nice. affect the sleep. But with yours, I mean, the dash of cinnamon is everything. Oh yeah, the, cin- <laughs> the cinnamon really makes the coffee, yeah. I do, I do a dash of cinnamon in the oatmeal every single morning, so I'm team dash of cinnamon, I like it. Well, Adrian, we brought you on today to talk about the idea of serving. And if you go to Hope, you may be thinking, I just went through a whole sermon series about serving, what else do I need to know about serving? So. Before you turn things off, I do want to just talk with Adrian a little bit. He's got a unique perspective and a unique story about the idea of serving. And I want to kind of touch on three different areas of of how you serve. Uh, The first, you serve with the food pantry here at Hope. Uh, You serve as a law enforcement officer, and you also just serve in general as a Christian. I think it's something we're all called to do. Um, And so I want to kind of lean into those three areas and... um, kind of unpack those and see what people can learn from that. Does that that sound good? That sounds great. Cool. Well, let's start with uh, your role with the food pantry. First off, what what is the food pantry? Right. So the number one mission of the food pantry is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with all the families that come through to receive food. Um, That's our number one mission. We essentially use the food as a tool to reach people. So um, pretty much what happens, David, every Wednesday, um, families who are in need, um, they can come to Hope, Hope Community Church. Um, the food pantry is open from 11 to 6. Um, families start coming in at 12. Essentially, 11 o'clock is the time where the volunteers get there. Um, it's basically a buffer period where we put up the signs, we check on the inventory. Um, you know, We basically meet with all the volunteers, we explain to them their role for that specific day, and we get started. Um, so what happens is, The families come through, um, they line up in the Hope Community Church parking lot, and they come through um, and they begin to receive food, and they wait in their car. And David, the really interesting thing is, is that before the pandemic started, families were allowed to come into the church building and essentially shop off of the shelves that we set up inside of the main lobby. Um, But I really like the way we do it now because when the families come through in their cars, they're essentially forced to talk with a prayer volunteer. They're forced to meet with us. And and we don't force anything on them, but it's a great way for us to be able to speak with them, um, learn more about their story and pray with them. And David, the food pantry is incredible because we've seen countless people get saved. Um, We've had multiple people receive salvation and you know, even the days that we don't have people accept Jesus Christ, we're still planting seeds and sowing seeds. Um, it's super important. So, you know, my job there, um, it originally started as a prayer volunteer, and now I'm actually one of the volunteer leaders. So I'm a team leader there, um, but I still serve in the capacity as a prayer volunteer. Um, so as a prayer volunteer, you're, you know, waiting with the families while the shoppers are um, picking out the food. And that's based on the family size. It's based on an individual shopping list that they get. Um, We have incredible food there. We've got fresh vegetables. We've got produce. Um, We have teams of people that go to Costco every week, and they just take all kinds of stuff that Costco gives us. 
Including cinnamon. Including cinnamon, David. Okay. That's correct. Uh, so it's awesome. We we really serve them really well. And as a prayer volunteer, you're getting to know them and you're praying over them and you're sharing the gospel with them. Um, and like I said, we've had multiple people get saved. And it's really interesting because, you know, since the pandemic hit, um, things have obviously changed for people. And we've had, you know, people from all walks of life come. We've had families come with little children who have walked from the motel that's up the road on Buck Jones. They'll, they'll literally walk in, you know, 95 degree weather with their children to pick up bags of groceries to take back to the motel. Um, we also have people who go to Hope Community Church who are in need, who um, come to the food pantry. We had um, a woman who came, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before. And um, she was a member at Hope. She had been going there for a really long time. And David, she just broke down. She told us um, that she had, it was something crazy. It was like 16 or 18 people that were coming to visit her home and stay with her for Christmas. And she just broke down. And, um, you know, she said, I, I don't have a way to afford food to feed them. And David, let me tell you something. We loaded her up. We gave her extra. We gave her cakes. We gave her cookies. We gave her all kinds of stuff. And the best part of the interaction with her was um, we had a very powerful prayer session with her. And the Bible talks about how we can cast our anxiety upon Jesus Christ because he cares for us. And when we were done praying for her, I could just see in her face, I could just see that the burden had been lifted, that she was able to transfer that anxiety and that stress that she was feeling onto Jesus Christ. And she left the food pantry um, feeling absolutely incredible. Um, we, have, we had another individual who was driving down Buck Jones Road and he saw the signs that we put out at the, the entrance of the church. He had no idea that there was a food pantry there. He came, we talked to him for about an hour and a half, two hours. He ended up receiving Jesus. And he actually ended up coming and serving at the food pantry and becoming a member of the church. Um, and it was so cool because not only did he receive salvation, but he also received all the abundance and goodness that comes from God's word. He saw all this blessing and transformation that took place in his life as a result of him coming to the food pantry um, and speaking with the prayer volunteers and ultimately receiving Jesus. So um, there's countless stories like that. And again, I'm just going to reiterate the main purpose of the food pantry is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, sow seeds, share the gospel, and um, just really be there for the community. That's cool. I do want to unpack what kind of impact that's had on you and your faith. But first, what what made you interested in the food pantry? How did you get involved? Why, why the food pantry? Right. Um, so originally, I had a family member um, who was going to the food pantry, and they actually invited me to go. And um, Prior to the food pantry, and I, I currently still do this as well, I'm uh, part of an outreach in, in the uh, Southeast Raleigh community with the Ship of Zion Church, and it's very similar to a food pantry where we go there and we serve the people uh, within that community. And I've always really been interested in ministries where we're able to offer something so simple, just a basic need, and pair that with the gospel. And I really just love the concept of it where we're able to give these people something that's tangible, but at the same time, give them something that's just so much more than that. Um, and, you know, faith and, you know, the unseen and salvation, it's so much more real than what it is that we see in this world. And um, I think I was really drawn to the food pantry as a result of that. And, it, yeah, to your point, it opens a door for those conversations to take place. It allows you to interact with people who are outside your normal circle of influence, people you may not speak with or share the gospel with on a daily basis. But what what impact have those conversations, have some of those 
stories that you shared, what impact has that had on, on your walk, on your faith? Right. Um, so the important thing to remember, um, the Bible makes this very clear. Um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Um, God is a faith God. He wants to be pursued. Um, we have to seek after him. And essentially the way faith works, David, is that when you build your faith, it produces action. The Bible also says that faith without works is dead. And essentially what that means is um, when you build up your faith, it's going to produce an action. So it's not you know, us trying to be good and us trying to do the right thing. It's us being so convicted by our faith and by the word of God that we produce an action as a result of that. And the way that I've really seen my faith grow at the food pantry is literally just by taking those steps of faith, you know, going up to somebody that I really don't know for, I don't know at all. I don't know them whatsoever. Um, initiating a conversation with them, um, sharing the gospel with them and praying with them. And I'm telling you, when you take those small steps of faith, your faith just begins to skyrocket because you essentially see it in action. Um, and that pleases God because you have to have faith to please the Lord. So I think it's really just as simple as taking those small steps of not only serving, um, but also, uh, you know, when you get there, interacting with people, engaging with people. Um, one thing that I didn't add is that we have a lot of volunteers who come to the food pantry who are very broken. And we're able to sow seed into them as well, too. So, you know, it's really a ministry that not only affects the community, those who are in need of food, but it, it also affects the volunteers who come because there are so many people at the church who are broken, who need to hear the gospel, who need Jesus. Um, so that also has a huge impact as well. Yeah, you talked about the idea of faith. And I know from my experience, serving isn't always something that I'm super pumped, super excited. I, I wake up every every day and want to do. There, there's that internal voice that we deal with that tells us, oh, you shouldn't serve or oh, sh you should be doing this instead. That might be a waste of time, whatever, whatever it may be. Have you experienced some of that hesitancy, that that internal voice? And, and if so, what what have been some ways you have pushed back against that? Right. Um, well, David, that's a great question. And uh, first, I want to talk about, um, you know, what it is that you can do to actually get out and serve. Um, and uh, the idea of sowing and reaping, that's mentioned throughout the Bible. Um, uh, sowing seed, um, that is absolutely huge. And, and what I think we need to do, David, is we need to sow the Word of God into our hearts. And essentially, when you read the Bible, um, the heart is really referring to the mind, right? The Bible also talks about the renewing of our mind. It's a constant renewing. And faith comes from hearing the Word of God. So if we want to build our faith, we have to get into the Word. And there's countless verses um, that talk about serving. There's a number of them. And um, there's actually one uh, that I'd like to read, and it pertains to serving. Um, it's going to be in the book of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11. It says, As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Um, that essentially, it's the idea that God's word is going to have some sort of impact um, and that's what we need to be sowing inside of our hearts and inside of our minds to produce that action, that faith-based action that's going to allow us, you know, to go out to the food pantry, to go out to the next steps, you know, ministry, to go to first impressions, to go, you know, anywhere and serve, um, even in our own lives. Um, there's another verse that I love, and I've actually got it here in my journal, and I'm going to go ahead and read that to you. Um, 
and it, it pertains to um, sowing and reaping as well. It's another verse in Isaiah. Um, it's Isaiah 30, verse 23. It says, He will also send you rain for the seed you sow in the ground, and the food that comes from the land will be rich and plentiful. So when you begin to start sowing the word of God in your mind, um, God will also send you rain for that word, for that seed, which ultimately will grow. Um, the Bible also talks about how we have to meditate on the word of God day and night, and that will make us prosperous. That will make us successful. Um, so another thing I want to mention, David, and I think this is really important because you talked about that internal voice that comes inside of our mind uh, when we think about serving. And it's really the enemy, David. It's really the devil trying to jeopardize God's perfect plan for our life. And um, one of the characteristics that you see uh, about the enemy throughout the Bible is that he loves to copy God, um, not in the way that we're called to imitate God. Um, we want to imitate God because he's our heavenly father. He wants to imitate God because he wants to be God. He wants to be worshiped. And um, one of the things that he does is he tries to imitate God in the way that God is the Alpha and the Omega. So in the Bible, Jesus is referred to as the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is always first, and Satan wants to be the Alpha. You know, for example, you look at in the beginning in Genesis with the garden, who showed up right at the beginning? It was Satan. You look at Jesus' ministry, who showed up right at the beginning to tempt Jesus? It was Satan. So he likes to show up right at the beginning because he wants to copy God. And that's one thing that we really need to be on our guard about, especially as it pertains to serving, because when you are led by the Holy Spirit to serve, um, the enemy will come right at the beginning. He will give you those internal voices. He will give you the doubt. He will give you the condemnation. But you need to rebuke him immediately and acknowledge that that's what he does. He copies God. And you, all, you ultimately need to realize that Jesus Christ is the ultimate alpha. He's the one that put that desire into your heart. The Bible says that he gives us the desires of our hearts. So he puts those desires in us and then he ultimately fulfills those desires because God loves to fulfill his word. So I think that we really need to be on our guard about that. Um, you know, condemnation. Uh, the Bible says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're saved, if you receive salvation, uh, there's no condemnation whatsoever. And there's another verse that I really like to plant inside of myself. And um, it says, the wicked man flees though no one pursues but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And that's essentially how God wants those who are saved to be acting. You need to be extremely bold and you need to take that by faith and you've got to run with it. Um, so, you know, I would just encourage everybody to do those things, you know, start doing them now and obviously keep doing them while you're serving um, as you continue to serve. And, and that is really going to make you um, very successful at, at being a servant of God. Yeah, that's good. That's a lot of Isaiah, too. You've been reading it a, is lot a lot of, of Isaiah, Isaiah recently. I have been. That's correct. <laughs> but no, I like the idea because I think back to, I think it's Philippians, where it talks about taking every thought captive. Yep. And those are those are seeds that the enemy plants in our minds to not advance God's kingdom. Right. Like, he's going to do everything in his power to stop the work of God. And mm -hmm. if God uses his church, his people as a conduit of his love, then that means he uses us in, in, in ways such as serving. Right. And so the enemy's gonna try and stop that. He's gonna try and sow seeds of doubt in our mind. He's gonna try and get us um, not to do those, those types of things. So I think just being aware of it yep. and combating that just with the word of God is so crucial, so key. Mm -hmm. I want to pivot. Um, we teased out earlier the idea of you serving your community in the in in your career as a right. as a law enforcement officer. Uh, what what kind of got you involved with with law enforcement, and how did all that come together? Right. Um, so 
as far as serving in my my job, and this is extremely applicable to you know any type of job really. If you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, if you work at a church, um, really whatever it is, you know you, you're going to experience um, certain things that are difficult. And um, one of the verses that you know I've always meditated on, um, it's in the Bible. It says that uh, God is not a respecter of persons, and essentially what that means is. Um, God views everybody the same. So, you know, in my job and in my role, and like I said, this is very applicable to, you know, those who are watching and pretty much everybody, um, treating everybody with respect, regardless of what it is that they've done, what it is that they've experienced, their background, um, you have to treat everyone with respect because ultimately um, that's God's word. He is no respecter of persons. He views everybody um, with love and compassion in this period of grace that we're in. The other thing um, that I really like to meditate on uh, is the idea of unity. So if you look at God, he's the Holy Trinity. Um, He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And unity, David, is in his very nature. So when you look at God, you see unity. You see those three parts in one. Um, So that's obviously, you know, something that I really meditate on. And also the idea of God being a servant. Um, You know, Jesus Christ is the physical manifestation of the Word of God, so Jesus is the Word. But when He came to earth, uh, He did not come to to be served, but He came to serve. Um, So even in His very nature, He's um, a servant. So I think a lot of those things, um, not only uh, have they helped me with my job, but they've also led me to be in that role. Um, You reap what you sow. As I've said before, the Bible's very big on sowing and reaping. So the scripture that you plant in your heart, that's ultimately going to have an effect on your life. Um, And I really think, you know, those three in particular, but also a multitude of verses um, have really uh, helped me not only to, you know, begin in the field that I'm in, but also, you know, continue with it and um, be successful at it. So is that mindset the reason why you wanted to get into law enforcement or did you just want to chase criminals and drive fast cars? Well, I mean, there's obviously, you know, an excitement aspect of the job. I'm certainly not going to deny that. Um, But, you know, I think more so it was really just to be a servant and, you know, really just to go out there and engage with the community. I love engaging with the community. I love just going out to people as they are and just meeting them in their specific moment um, and being there for them. And I think the idea of that uh, is really what took precedence when I was um, making the decision to actually start the career that I'm in. Um, but also, of course, you know, there's, there, there's certainly, you know, an excitement aspect of the job, you know, there's, there's teamwork, there's, um, you know, the educational aspect of the job, you know, there are a lot of things that, you know, drew me towards it. But I, I really do believe, David, that ultimately, it was because of the seed that I sowed in my heart that led me um, to uh, begin that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's evident that you're not built for a desk job. I think I'd, I've known you for several years, and I think you had a desk job for about, how long was it? Two weeks? Uh, I had a desk job for about a month, so that did not go very Called well. Quits. I did a good job, but it was just not for me. And uh, yeah, I, I do not do good with a Monday through Friday, nine to five. You know, no disrespect to anybody who has that, but just not really my thing. But that is a very good point, David. The best way you could have served that company is by leaving, right? Correct. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. 100%. Life of service. Life of service. 100%. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think, I think we often get, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you talk and I, I, I think to myself, like, we often get into this trap that serving is only about 
volunteering. Mm -hmm. it, it's only about what we do on Sunday morning or it's only about what we do within the community. How do you think we can apply just a serving attitude and mindset to our daily lives, our, our jobs, our families, our friends, our, our school, just, just in all areas of our life? What would you recommend? So um, that's a really good question. And I've talked to um, many other Christians who, um, you know, they, they really want to do that. And I think a lot of them don't really know how, um, you know, and I've heard a lot of people say, you know, oh, you know, I really felt like I had the opportunity to share the gospel with this person. I really felt like I could have shared, you know, my faith with this person. And there are going to be times, David, when those things happen and God does give you a divine appointment where you can uh, seize that opportunity. But one thing that I'm going to say, um, and this is actually, it's a very interesting way of looking at it. Um, the Bible says that we are the light of the world. The city on a hill cannot be hidden. And um, what we need to do, David, is we need to be so filled with this right here that it changes our behavior. It changes our actions. It changes the way we treat people. Um, because when we do that, when we are the light of the world, people will notice it. People will see you and they will say, there's something different about that person. There's something that I, I can't just explain about that person. And um, I've had a few um, interesting interactions with people in my life. Um, the most recent one was where I, I went to this place and um, the, the place isn't necessarily super relevant to what happened, but I, I get to this place and I walk into this room and um, literally right when my foot touches the entrance of the room, there are some people in the room and they were joking about something. I'm not sure what it was. And th this guy looked at me and he said, guys, I think we should stop talking about this. This guy looks like a Christian. And, you know, it's kind of funny to think about. And, you know, I, I was wearing old gym clothes. I didn't have my shirt tucked in. I didn't have a clean, you know, haircut. You had your I love Jesus shirt on. I didn't have my I love Jesus <laughs> shirt on. So um, it was really interesting to see that. And then, you know, God instantly reminded me of that verse. He's like, Adrian, you are the light of the world. And, uh, you know, really, when you look at it through that lens, you know, just being so filled and consumed by the Word of God, um, being on fire with the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about fanning the flame of the Holy Spirit. When we're so on fire and when we go places, people are going to notice it. Um, one thing I will say is that we are spiritual beings in a physical world. It's not the other way around. So people will notice just that spiritual fire that you have when you're consumed with God's Word. Um, and there's, there's also something else that's really interesting, David. When you look at Jesus's ministry, he was very incognito about a lot of stuff. You know, he would perform a miracle. He would do something miraculous for someone and he'd tell them, he's like, hey, like, I'm going to do this for you, but don't tell anybody. And what did they do? They ran and they told everybody, right? But Jesus was very incognito at times. And I think that we really need to imitate him as well, too, um, in doing that. Now, there are going to be times when you can share your faith and you can, you know, walk up to somebody and you can talk to them about Jesus. Those opportunities are great. But just keep in mind that you can still impact people just by being there, being in that moment, being at your school, at your place of work, you know, being at church, you know, the doctor's office, wherever it is that you go. Um, so that's super important. And there's something I want to read, David. Mm -hmm. It's actually in the book of Joshua. And um, it was a revelation that a friend of mine shared with me. And it really goes hand in hand with, um, you know, being the light of the world and being noticed um, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, as somebody who honors and glorifies God. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and turn to that now. I've got it bookmarked in my Bible. 
Um, so I'm going to beginning. I'm going to be beginning in Joshua three, and I'm going to start at verse seven. Okay. It says, "And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you, as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the ark of the covenant." When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. Now, this is the really interesting part. He, he, he says now, See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. So why is this significant? The Ark in the book of Joshua is symbolic of Jesus. God told Joshua that he was going to begin to exalt him in the eyes of all Israel. And what did Joshua do? He commanded the people to see Jesus. And that's the same way that we need to live. We need to have a heart for people seeing Jesus Christ in us. We need to be transformed by the word of God into the image of Jesus Christ. So when people look at us, they see Jesus. And that ultimately is gonna allow our light to shine brighter. And it's ultimately gonna allow us to be noticed by people. And they're gonna begin to question, hey, there's something going on about this guy. There's something going on about this girl. What is it? They're gonna start asking questions. They're gonna be curious. Um, so that's a huge takeaway. And it ties hand in hand with the way that we can serve um, not only, you know, at the church, but also in our places of work, at our schools, things like that. That's good. And I think it's freeing, too, that we don't have to go into every single situation with this pressure on ourselves that, oh, I need to share the gospel. Oh, I need to Absolutely. preach the word. Absolutely. If, if we're living differently, right. if, if we're loving and serving like Jesus did, those opportunities will come naturally. And Absolutely. People will ask what is different about that person, and that just opens the door to that conversation. So that's really encouraging to hear. Um, my final question for you, what about those who are listening and saying, you know, oh, that's great. I agree with all of that. You know, I think serving is awesome. I'm glad Adrian has found the food pantry where he can serve in. But, but what about me? Like, what... What are some ways that I can find an area in which I'm equipped to serve or an area that would be beneficial for me to serve in? What, what would you recommend to people who may be struggling to find an area where they can serve? Right. Um, so that's a really good question. And, and I think it ties hand in hand with um, what I was saying earlier about um, starting in the word and receiving that seed, um, building your faith by meditating on the word day and night. Um, so I think that's probably the best place to start. Now, as far as finding something to do, um, there are lots of ways to serve. You know, you can serve at Hope, you can serve at another church, you know, and as I talked about um, just now, you can serve in your, you know, place of business, at your school, wherever it is. Um, but honestly, what I would say is, you know, take that step of faith. You know, the Bible says, um, you know, in the book of Genesis, how, uh, you know, God was talking to Abram. He said, go to the land, I will show you. And really, when you look at that verse, it doesn't really make any sense. It's like, okay, well, where is he supposed to go? And um, that was a huge step of faith for him. Now, he did obviously, you know, show him the stars in the sky and the grains of sand. He showed him that, so he did give him a vision. Um, but at the same time, he still prompted him just to take that initial step. Go to, go to the land I will show you. Go to the organization I will show you. You know, go to this group of people that I will show you. Go to this 
outreach at the church that I will show you. So I, I really think it's about taking that step um, and ultimately sowing seed as well so you can, um, you know, have that, that built-up faith to kind of move forward on. That's good. Yeah. I think a lot of times, too, it's where's the biggest need? Right. Like where, um, what ministry, what what department, what organization, um, what what is the biggest need in my community or in my church, and how can I fulfill that need? Right. And then also, like, what am I passionate about? There's um, some old theologian. I think he's dead. I forget his name. He's he's German or something. Um, but he he talks about the idea. This is about vocation, but I think it's applicable to serving too. But he talks about your calling is where uh, your greatest joy meets uh, the world's biggest need. And I think that's so true for serving too. It's like you think about what are you passionate about? What breaks your heart? What are you good at? And then try to align that or try to find something, an area that you can serve that, that's meeting a need, where, where those skills, those God-given abilities, those, those talents that you have uh, can usher in to a, a space where there is a need, whether it be through the community or through the church. So all, all good tips, all good recommendations. Appreciate you sharing your story. And uh, I look forward to talking to you off camera about some of those stories about the food pantry. And if you're hesitant about serving, I think another tip, just go get a red eye at Starbucks and you'll be fired up to serve. Is that right? That's correct. But you have to put a dash of cinnamon in there. The dash of cinnamon is key. I'm not going to try that for the Moroccan mint tea. I don't know if that's a good combo, but might try the red eye. I like it, David. Adrian, thank, thanks thank for joining so us. Yeah, thank we you for appreciate having me. it. Yep. And thank you for joining us this week on Community Conversations. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>